Welcome to the Fatal Exception Podcast, where we talk about hard lessons and soft skills for the software engineer's career. We are your hosts, Bill Evanson and Philip Turpin. Let's get started. All right, we're back. Continuing the conversation from last week, where we really wanted to understand your situation, now we're going to pick up with making a plan. We're going to pick up midstream. Here we go. So let's talk about the plan. So we've done a bunch of research. This is how much money we got. This is how much time we have. Uh, this is why I got fired. Um, mm-hmm. So now you have the details, and that's, that's part of the battle. The next step is let's make a plan around executing on this. So why don't you, why don't you kick off? So, so if I'm making a plan, the first thing I want to know, which is why the finances are so important, is how much time do I have in terms of how long will my money last or how long can I stretch that money um, because that'll help me inform, like, do I have to go out right now, rush and get just any job or you know, in my craft, or, or can I take a few minutes and find the right job with the right culture to, to really improve my station? You know, I want to just say something about that. Um, I've had people tell me, like, about the whole budgeting thing and making the plan around money, like, oh, it feels so controlling, I want to be free. And I, it's actually the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. The, the more you control your money the more discipline you have around your money, uh, the freer you are because mm-hmm. you make decisions that you want to make. You're not controlled by the money. Yeah, Jocko talks a little bit about that for discipline equals freedom in other areas of your life. Trust me, it's real. Um, you know, so after you figure out how much time you've got, you've got to answer a lot of questions. Well, what type of job do you want next? Do you want it in your same career? If you've done some research and it was lack of skill, do you have new skills that yeah. you have to get? Are you right? bored with this thing? Do you want something else? Yeah. yeah. Like, so what type of job do you want? Um, you know, who do you want to work for? Right. And then do you know anybody there? Right. In my world, and, and I think this is really important, have you been keeping your network up to date? Have you been having those relationships, having those conversations? Like I said, I'll have folks reach out to me that I worked with four or five years ago or longer. And we'll, like, actually, it's really been longer. It's been like a decade ago. And we'll say, hey, I'm looking for a gig or, hey, I want out of this space. Do you know anybody? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sweet. send me an updated copy of your resume. I'll make a warm introduction with a yep. hiring manager, and then poof, they yep. may have a job, right? I don't have a 100% hit rate, but that's amazing. So work with your network. Reach out to them. Yeah, you know, I think the important note here is some of this stuff you need to be doing in advance. Oh, yeah. Right? So things like a strong financial position with a good emergency fund and a strong budget and a, a good network of individuals who you have relationships with and and kind of knowing who you are. If you wait until the moment when you need all these things, it's kind of it's not too late, but you're you're already way behind and you're gonna and it takes time to ramp those up. So if you step into an emergency situation and you don't have the money and you don't have the budget, and you don't have the friends, now you're gonna spend the first couple of weeks floundering trying to get to those places yeah. and you're gonna be in a much worse scenario. And like it happens, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and no judgment if you're in that position now, but if you're not start thinking about it now, because if things are going to happen, guarantee it. And you want to have these things in place and it, do- it doesn't take a large personal investment. It's a little bit over time. Yeah, it really is. And do you think, think about these things as an insurance policy if you're working on them right now and you're currently gainfully employed, it's all an insurance policy for when change happens in your world. Yep. You have auto insurance, home insurance, et cetera. It's the same thing. So based on your personal reflection, I would say the next thing you do after you um, look at the companies that you're interested in working for is do you have the right skills for the job? Can you do the job? Can you do the job, right? And hopefully you just did that introspection on why you were fired Mm -hmm. 
And if lack of skill was that, well, here's part of your plan. How are you going to grow those skills, right? What are you What are you doing to invest in yourself right now in the time that you have? Again, go back and look at your runway um, and to acquire the skills that are necessary. Yep. So you, you understand the kind of company that you want to work for. You understand where your skills are. It's time to go in and update your resume. This is also a thing that I do, I've done on a regular basis mm-hmm. my entire career in advance because I don't want to do it under duress, <laughs> is my resume for the most part, stays up to date, not because I'm planning on leaving, but because if I have to go update it in the heat of the moment, I'm going to miss details. There's going to be misspellings. I'm going to, I'm going to for, forget important projects that I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is your opportunity to align your resume to point at what you want to do. A resume is not just this, you barfing all the facts about your life onto a piece of paper. You're telling a story about who you are and what you're good at and what you want to do, and you're gearing it towards the kind of job that you want. And unless you've spent the time figuring that out, your resume is not going to read anything other than a list of facts. Yeah. Um, and then it also helps to back to the networking thing. If you're asking friends for um, help networking or finding a job saying, Hey, I'm looking for a job is not very useful. You're putting all the effort on them. Yeah. But if, if you can come to them and say, Hey, Philip, uh, I'm looking for this kind of role at this kind of company. Um, in this general area, they're like, oh, yeah, you have a meet, you've done all the work for them, and they can immediately tell you, yes, I know someone in that area, and they know how to help you. And so, you know, for me, it might be, you know, I'm looking for a, a technology a leadership role in a Microsoft Stack Company, a small to medium sized firm, you know, in the Nashville area. Mm-hmm. And that, that narrows it down from like all the possible people I know in the world to like, oh, I can, I can, I can start hooking my thoughts onto specific people I know or specific companies I know. It's so much easier to go from one to two than zero to one. Yeah. And one thing I'd add to that that I think is really interesting, specifically if you know hiring managers, right? So I'm a hiring manager. I hire people. I know a bunch of hiring managers. Let me know how much you need to make, right? Yep. Let me know because I will match you with the opportunity where you will be happy. That's a really good point. In your in your position. Otherwise, like I don't want to if it's a startup that can't afford to pay you and you need to make a bunch of money because you have like, you know, fifteen children, well then I'm not gonna send you to that startup. And like this feels like it's such a taboo thing. It's not. But especially especially if you're talking to someone that has regularly hired people, like <laughs> this is what we do. How much money do you want to make? Oh, sorry, you know what? This is not a good position for you. Like we're not embarrassed about it. No. Like, we we want to know earlier than later. Yeah. And we hem and haw around it. Like, ah, you yeah. know. And one thing to let you know, like how I actually do it, I won't tell the person that I'm referring you to how much you want to make. That's not in my game. It really is as if I'm your friend or if I'm someone that you've worked with in the past and I have a good relationship with you, it's my goal to get you as someone that and somewhere that will compensate you appropriately. It's up to you to negotiate. Now, sometimes I might even help you negotiate. I did that with a friend of mine a little while back where, uh, this was a few years ago, where we walked through a negotiation process because he wanted a different setup that he never negotiated certain things like what does it look like to vest for an organization if he's joining a startup, that kind of stuff, right? And so I've done that several times and I just walked him through that process. You're setting your friends up for success. Darn straight. And and uh, it comes down to are you do you want them to do all the work for you mm-hmm. or do you know what you want? And that comes from the plan and thinking through who you are, what do you want? Yep. You know, and kind of all this boils down to though is where are you going as a person? Mm-hmm. Are you looking back five years ago? Are you a different person than you were five years ago? Mm-hmm. Are you a different person than you were a year ago? I hope so. If you're not growing and learning and finding out about yourself, what's the point? 
You're just static. You know, the, the, there's the trite saying, if you're not growing, you're dying. And it's kind of overused, but like there's, there's some truth to it. Mm-hmm. Like without lack of forward movement in your life, you're going to stagnate. And stagnation uh, turns into all kinds of weird things from depression to oh, yeah. health issues to uh, bad decisions. I keep coming yeah. back to that. Uh, but I think the, especially, you know, we've really focused on the, the firing aspect of this because it's, it's the hardest to deal with. It's the most emotionally taxing. If anything, the thing that you should pull out of the whole process is um, you're not perfect. Mm-mm. Acknowledge it. Learn from it. Get better. Not having a pity party, but you're recognizing that you're not a perfect person. None of us are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best of us aren't. In fact, the best of us are the fastest to acknowledge their imperfections. And the faster you can get there, the faster you can get get to whatever the next uh, stage in life is. Yeah, because you can begin to work work on it and learn from it. You know, if you were let go from like a for a personal reason, don't really hide from it. Like if you like in in my past, right? I had. I had a behavior problem. I didn't do my job well, right? That's my fault. Okay, what have I learned? I work really flipping hard now, right? And so I use that as fuel to get better because I don't want to, didn't want to ever be in a situation like that again, right? Where someone else had complete and utter control over my, my, my future and I couldn't say without a shadow of a doubt that I gave it my all. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say? I've known you for, what, six years now? Yeah. And you're a different person than you were six no, years ago. Yeah. You're, you're a better person, and you yeah. you relate to people better, and mm-hmm. you you uh, you're much more strategic, and you make really good decisions. And it hasn't happened accidentally. We've no. had a lot of interesting conversations <laughs> about, like, oh man, like I'm still doing that. Shoot, yeah. And like, it, I think you've even said, like, call me out if you see the thing. Yeah, right? Like, straight. There's there's been effort in that. It didn't happen accidentally. Nope. There's a reason why you you run into these. Grown adults that that act like children. I ran yeah. into this older lady at the Home Depot the other day. That let's just say she had not matured very much, Ugh. and it's because worst. she hadn't done the introspection. Yeah. And um, you know, this is, I'm saying this to me. Maybe I'm saying it to you. Like you need to realize that uh, you're more than what you do for your living, for your career, for your job. Um, your identity is bigger than that. Your job is part of it. Like we can't, we can't separate the two. Kind of what you do is part of who you are. You spend a vast majority of your hours there, but it's not you. There's so much more to that. You know, there's your family and your beliefs and your and your hobbies and like all the things that make you up. The job's a small portion of that. Job is such a small portion of that I have to like tell a little bit of an anecdotal story here. It just popped in my head because I think it's important. You know, once upon a time, um, and I would say. My identity was tied up in what I could do. I was a vocalist, right? And so I sang a lot. Mm. You're going to be a rock star. I was going to be a rock star. And my voice disappeared. And I ended up not being able to sing anymore. And like I hit a crash because I was totally tied up. This is who you were. This is who I was. This is what I was going to be. This was everything a part about me. And like I ended up rechanneling that into work. But the truth is, then work became my identity. And it wasn't until... You just exchanged one for the other. You didn't get better. I did not get better. It wasn't until much, much later that I realized, you know, and now I'm a a Christian, and so like, it wasn't until I realized that my foundation could never be set in what I could do until I... I, That was... It wasn't until I realized that, that I could actually evolve and change from that. And now, you know, I don't need the credit that I once did. 
I know that what matters most to me is that when I come home at night, my little girl yells, Daddy, you're home. So good. Right. It doesn't matter that I'm going to work. I mean, I have to go to work because we want a house and things like that. But like, that's not who I am. Who I am is like, what, you know, what, what can I get my kids? What can I get my so wife? Good. Yeah. You know, um, and we'll just wrap up. We'll wrap this up with, especially if it was a painful separation. Yeah. This is easy to say. It's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Like, get over it, baby. <laughs> time to move on to your next adventure. This is a past chapter. It's time mm-hmm. to move on no matter how painful it was, or maybe because of how painful it was, mm-hmm. it's really easy to be bitter over things that you've lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I had a, a pastor that would regularly say, you know, bitterness is like drinking poison, hoping the other person gets sick. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's going to do you no good to dwell on, your, on the boss that fired you and mm-hmm. all the things that you hope happened to them and, and like all the, you know, the ill wishes and the, and the um, laying awake at night, you know, imagining scenarios and, and imagining conversations and how you might have said it differently. You're not helping anybody. Nobody cares. They're not changing. They can't even hear your thoughts. They may know that you're kind of angry over in the corner, but like they've moved on with their life. Mm-hmm. And so to, to what advantage is it to live in this state of bitterness? I would say one other thing, it's actually a huge disadvantage because it is going to delay your plan. You're spending mental energy and emotional energy and physical energy on on this process. Yeah, instead of actually getting getting on with your life, your family's life, and everything else. Yeah. You know, and we'll we'll get into some of the questions that because there there are some scenarios where you actually may want to come back and address some things. Yeah, but you don't do that through bitterness. No, and so uh, there's a lot of questions that I could think uh, that might come out of this and. And things that you might be asking or things that you might be thinking that you want to ask, but you're not going to because it. <laughs> so the, the first question that comes to mind for me is, I just lost my job. What if I can't pay my bills? What if I lose my house? And then my family's going to leave me. And then I l- end up living on the street searching through garbage cans for my next meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think? That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. It sounds really silly when you say it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, but here's the thing. Your crock brain, it's thinking in it. <laughs> yeah. It, nothing you, you gets, feel it. Yeah, nothing gets all the way up into the executive function. This stays in crock or the emotional part. <laughs> yep. And, but you feel it. You're like, what if, what if, what if, what if? And you're not really, you're not really verbalizing those things. Yeah. But like, take a moment. What's the worst that's going to happen here? Like, take it all the way to the absurd. And you're going to realize, well, wait a second. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a bad situation. But I'm not going to be living on the street eating out of garbage cans. Not tomorrow. Not but, tomorrow. There's a yeah. lot, okay, so you could end up there, and people do end up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but typically, because they, they're not willing to address. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, right? Yeah. There's lots of reasons. Uh, but often, it's because they don't want to address some of these core issues. They don't want to acknowledge their weaknesses. Um, but that's so far-fetched, and it's so unlikely that it can free you up to think clearly now. Okay, I've gone to worst possible scenario. We're going to be good. Yeah. Probably going to be all right. There's a lot of steps between right now and the end of the world. <laughs> and the worst case scenario. You know, one of my favorite parts is like, you know, you know, what do I say in future interviews if they ask about a gap? What's this gap in your resume? Yeah, right. If they ask, just state a matter of fact. Here's what happened. This was the result. Here's what I've done to grow and change because of this. And just move on. Here's the truth. Like I look at my own situation. Like I left... One area of technology, I left uh, uh, Network and and, uh, Systems Administration in 2000. And I had an 18-month gap. 
And I went to work for a landscaping company. Wow, that's not tech at all. And was I learning code on the side and stuff like that? Sure. But like, the truth is, what when I tell that story, what I learned during that time period, I learned to love small business. Yeah. And here's how I changed and grew during that particular time period. Um, you know, but here's the thing: don't be tricky. Don't make something up. It's a small world we we work in. Oh my gosh! The yeah. network is much tighter than you think. Mm-hmm. The interviewer may actually already know because he called his friend, who called his friend, and be like, "Hey, <laughs> what do you think about Turpin?" Oh yeah, he got fired. Yeah. <laughs> The number of people that call me and say, hey, we've got one of your guys. All the time. All the time. But, you know, here, here's the thing about this. The hiring manager can't have more confidence in you than you do. Mm-hmm. And if from a hiring manager, from, you know, I'm putting myself, I've hired a lot of people. If I have a candidate that's rightfully confident in their skill set, you know, they're, they're, not, um, they're not a braggart, but mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're confident and they're able to address a situation like this and be like, oh, man, yep, I got fired. Here's what happened. Uh, here's what I learned. Here's what I've done about it. And then they, they're able to move on. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Right, so this is an name. Because, like, I'm really clear with myself. Uh, I am such an imperfect person. Like, <laughs> I'm not judging you. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could have totally done that. Like, one yeah. of my favorite things to ask people in interviews is what's the biggest mistake you've made? And if they don't have one, like, maybe I don't want to hire you. Yeah, because I'm right? sure you've made mistakes. Yeah. So, one or two. But, like, just knowing, so I'm just going to wrap this question up. Uh, if you're able to come in with confidence and just be matter of fact and explain how you've grown, uh, that's it. You don't, you don't need to go beyond that. You don't need to, you don't need to beat yourself up over it. And you don't, you don't want to lie about it. Just be matter of fact. Move yep. on. So, back to the, you know, we were talking about not dwelling on the, the situation, the person that fired you and, and living in that bitterness. Um, that's one thing uh, to live in bitterness over that. But what if you were fired illegally for something that was very clearly against the law? Like, what do you do in that? Should I just let it go? Uh, this is really more of like, I think a personal choice. And for me, it, you should do an analysis, right? Like if they wanted to let you go, like in my, in my world, if someone let me go and they, even if they fired me illegally, like maybe I had a right to work out a, a season or something like that because I like I work in a right to work state, so it doesn't really matter. But like maybe it's a real situation. You need to decide if it's worth it to you. You need to chase it down and get a lawyer and take it to court. Age but, discrimination, sex discrimination, yeah, like that kind uh, of stuff, right? Maternity or something, yeah. But another thing to ask yourself, I mean, like, but truth be told, don't let it consume you. Like, don't get all caught up in it. But I would also like in in my world, do I want to work for people like that? No, no, you don't. Right, and so like if you're gonna sue them, are you gonna sue them to get your job back? Why do it? Like I mean, like don't let it consume you. If it's really worth it to you, right? If it's a battle you want to fight, yeah, I don't judge you for that. I, I, we need people that can fight for causes, fight for some causes. But just decide if that's the cause that you want to go do. And so, like, is it the hill you want to die on? <laughs> right. And and I don't know. For me personally, like, there, there may come a day where there's one of those. But like, when I look at this, like, yeah, for you, do a cost benefit analysis. Chase it down, get a lawyer, take it to court. But like, what you really have to look at, this is going to be a big deal for you for an extended period of time. And if you're if you're if you're wrapped up in it emotionally, and it's making you bitter, it's not the cost benefit here. You you've lost yeah. all the benefit. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be worth it to you for some for a, a really really serious reason. So do your research and make sure that it's not just you're angry, right? Just you want to get them. So what happens if I got fired because I'm not good at my job? Be better. <laughs> no, no. So my, 
be more than who you are. No kidding. Um, so my answer to this is woohoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you've been in a job that you're not good at. You had to be miserable. Yeah, exactly. Like, this may be your chance to actually go do something that you liked. Yeah. And uh, maybe you should have made that choice already. And you just got, you, you had someone help you make the choice. Yeah. Uh, but man, what an opportunity to reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite software developers to hire are second career software developers yeah. because they know what they want. They're not stuck in this thing because of some status thing or because of they have to prove something. They're like, oh, I want to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to chase it down because I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. I love hiring those people. This might be your opportunity to step in. And maybe you're going to make less money, and that's hard, um, at least initially. But isn't being happier so much more valuable than spending 40, 50, 60, I don't know, 90 hours a week sometimes <laughs> doing something that you hate? Yeah, I think the other thing that you can look from that is if if you're not good at your job, you have to decide during your your introspection moment is it something that you can get good at? Because if it's just a gap that you need to close, you just need to learn some things. You should learn some things. I mean, like honestly, like I've had to let people go before where they, where the business grew past them, right? And in those moments, those people can leave and understand that they just didn't invest enough and catch up. And and even when given the opportunity, they just thought, well, you know, I can I can. They were kind of coasting for a little. Kind of coast, but you can now see the gap clear in front of you. Yeah, go grow. Right, whether it's whether it's a a, a a a Linux administrator or something like that, or you know someone who's in my world, systems administration. What I used to do, you know, we're all virtual now. Well, it's all infrastructure as code. You're not you're not racking servers hardly at all anymore. Oh my gosh! Unless you're literally working for AWS or Rackspace or Microsoft Azure, right? Yeah, you're not doing that anymore. Um, and so, like, that's the kind of stuff we got to reinvent yourself or really look at it. Like, your runway plays huge in that. And so, like, that's that, if you got a gap that you've identified, you can close it now. You know, this is this is the love hate with this industry. Mm-hmm. Things change so fast; it's a lot of work to keep up. Yeah, and that's also why a lot of us really enjoy it because it's mentally invigorating mm-hmm. and lo- every time. Um, but you have to keep up, and if if that's wearing you out, maybe find a new gig, go mm-hmm. do something different, and this is your opportunity. Um, or like you were just saying. Level up a little bit. Spend some time investing in yourself. If you enjoy what you're doing, you just don't have the skills. That's a good, that's a good sign. Yeah. So go, go learn some stuff. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Fatal Exception Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed talking. If you want to contact us, you can find more information at fatalexceptionpodcast.com or you can email us at contact at fatalexceptionpodcast.com.